the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. As we talk about Philippians, we're going to continue to refer back to the soul. Here's the reality that we as Christians have to embrace and call our own. Is that when we received Christ and when He gave His life to us, He put us in union with Himself. In that place of union, which is at your spirit and His spirit, the truth of your heart, the very truth of your soul, is that you love Him, that you long for His expression, for you live on His breath, and you feel on His emotion, and you move on His will. You're one with Him. That's in your spirit. In the soul, there's much confusion, and the world seems to just heap it on, and we heap it on ourselves. And the truth of Christianity is that we are centered in Him, and that we cannot be separated from Him, but we can feel separated. We can think separated. We can live separated. His desire for us is that we live in the truth. The truth of our union with Him. You may be sitting there thinking, you know what, I haven't felt very close to Him. You may be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I've kind of separated myself because of this or that. Because of what I've done. Because of the sins that I have committed. Because of the wrongs that I have put forth. And you know what, that is a lie. You're sitting there at the very core of you in union with the one who loves you more than you could possibly know. The very one who defines love by his very life. You're in union with him, Christian. So what you feel and what you think will never change that. It's so important to know that. Because do you always feel like worshiping? Do you always feel close to him? Do you always feel like loving? Do you always feel like forgiving? Do you always feel... And immediately the enemy takes that that dichotomy and he says to you that you are not what God loves best. But let me tell you something. That's an accusation that the enemy can't even bring before the throne anymore. He can no longer accuse us before the throne because you know who sits next to the Father? That is the Son. 
the Son with whom you are in union with. You are seated in heavenly places with Him. So, right now, deal with the sense of separation. Deal with the sense of estrangement. Deal with that sense in you that whatever it is within you that says, I can't participate in this. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm distracted. Deal with it because it's not the core of who you are. It's not the truth of who you are. The center of you is Christ. There's nothing that can separate you from His love. Now, having said all that, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Now, this verse is about unity and humility. That is what you hear. But let me tell you something. Unity and humility come from the same source. It's not about your ability to imitate humility or your ability to affect unity. But unity and humility is Jesus. It's Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Paul's been talking to the Philippians about unity because he knows that that's the one place that the enemy can really break a fellowship up. It's in the issue of unity. It's in the separation. You see, the enemy separates us by flesh. Pride divides. Always does. Always will. You can have a discussion with someone, let one of them enter into pride, and it turns into an argument, doesn't it? Why? Because we are so determined to protect what we perceive to be ours. In reality, everything that we are is held by Him. Holds you together by the word of His power. The thing that is most important for us believers to understand that true unity is in Christ alone. We talked about this a little bit last week. If we try to create unity around anything else, it becomes man-centered. And it will divide. May not be today, may be tomorrow, but it will divide because man always divides. We talked about it and you understand the only place of union is in Christ. That there is no union even in relationship apart from Christ. There is no union in marriage apart from Christ. There is no union in anything that you might think should be sound and secure apart from Christ. For Christ is unity. He and He alone is unity. Now Paul talks about this and makes it plain in the first four verses by showing us that it takes the attributes of Christ and the character of Christ for us to live in proper relationship with one another. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, he says, So by whatever appeal to you there is in our mutual dwelling in Christ, by whatever strengthening and consoling and encouraging our relationship in Him affords, by whatever persuasive incentive there is in love, by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share, and by whatever depth of affection and compassionate sympathy... Where's our dwelling? In Christ. You know what that means? That's our home. 
That is the place in which we reside. That is the center from which we come. You were to say to me, Todd, where do you live? I would probably refer you to my physical address. But the reality is, as Christians, we live in Christ. If we live in Christ, what can man do to us? If we live in Christ, where does our resource lie? If we live in Christ, what do we have that can face the issues of the day? And what do we have that the issues of the day can take from us? Nothing. They can take nothing from us. We talked about this whole issue of the union with Christ and and that we are yielded by the power of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit brings forth the truth of our union with one another. But Paul goes to a more fundamental aspect of us living it out and that is in the soul. Verse 2 directly points to the participation of the soul. That being the mind, as he says, being of the same mind, the will being of the same purpose, and emotions having the same love. Verse 2 says, Fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony, being of the same mind and one in purpose, having the same love, being in full accord and one harmonious mind and intention. All of this encompasses the soul. That is the place through which we express our unity. Now, Paul points to a yielded soul in Christ to illustrate the true humility and union that we experience through Him. He says in Philippians 2.5, as we start, it starts with the word let. You know what that implies? Well, it's a choice. We choose how our soul's directed, don't we? Now, remember the truth of the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. When you were saved... The Spirit of God became your center. Christ in you became your hope of glory. You became one with Him in union with Him. That's Scripture. Okay? Now, if your spirit is in union with Him, where's your soul? Your soul is considered by the, in biblical terms, also your heart. It is the center of your being, but it is the center of your being in expression. The mind, will, and emotions. It's how we relate to everything around us. Before we received Christ, where did we receive all of our information about who we are, how we deal with life, what we were going to do? Where did we receive all of that information? From the outside, didn't we? We received it all from without. But when we received Christ, and Christ became our center, where did we receive it? From within. In the Spirit of God, there is every answer to every need, and the full expression of the character of Christ is to be, dis- to be exhibited through the mind, will, and emotion. Now, we're going to talk about the mind of Christ. And in the mind of Christ, we're going to talk about the all-encompassing work of Christ through the soul. The truth of humility and union is expressed through His Spirit, through our soul. Paul points out that a yielded soul illustrates his true humility and union. But we have to choose it. Now, the reason we have a choice is because for years, before this became the truth of us, this was empty. It had a spirit there, but it was dark. There was no truth there. 
So we got everything from without. The dynamic was this way. When we came a new creation in Christ, the dynamic changed. And now all that we are to receive is from here. But you know what? Now we have a choice. We have a choice from which direction we're going to try to receive life or describe or define life. Are you going to define the life by the way the world defines it? Are you going to define life by this world, by the temporal things of this world, the superficial things of this world? Are you going to define humility? Are you going to define justice? Are you going to define love? Are you going to define anything by the world? And if you do, is it really truly the definition? It's wrongly defined for you and leads you in despair. When we define love by our emotions and by man, we're often disappointed. In fact, we're disappointed every time. Because Christ is love. First John says God is love. Doesn't it? When we define any of the attributes of Christ by this world, and this is what religion does. Religion stands up there and says, well, Christ humbled himself and you should be like Christ and humble yourself. Well, if you ever get that down, you lost it. You can't humble yourself. You can allow Christ to be your humility. Because He is humility. He is humble. He will express it. That's the choice we make. Every day we can choose. He says, let this mind be in you. Whose mind are we going to receive? Are we going to receive the mind of Christ? Are we going to conform our mind to this world? Also, he says, let this attitude in some of your translations, which means mind or soul. But that's in present tense, that let is. And that means that it is a continuous action. And it's a command. What he's basically saying in context is continually choose. Continually Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, or shaped by it, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas, its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight. You see from this, from the truth of Romans that when we look at the soul, when we look at the soul, we can choose. Where does it come from? Where does this new mind come from? Where does this new attitude come from? Where? Why is this new? Because you are a new creation in Christ. These things are all based in the Spirit of God. And basically what he is saying, he is saying, set your minds or your soul to receive my truth. By receiving me into your soul, the Spirit of God, we talked about this, the filling of the Holy Spirit, by receiving the Spirit of God into the center of your soul, you have received a new mind, a new perspective. Can any of you say that you can rightly choose what is right and what is wrong apart from Christ? No. In fact, if you put it into definition for this world, the world has all kinds of evaluations of what is right and what is wrong, and it changes daily, doesn't it? The truth of the matter is that the Spirit of God divides what is right 
from what is wrong. He is the one that is our wisdom. He is the one that shows us how we should walk, what we should do. And He divides for us what is truth and what is deception. You see, God didn't leave us without help. God didn't put us down here to sort all this out in our soul. You know, the reality of it is, is that this time on this earth is limited. Every one of us has, has this little window of time. And that window of time is our school. It is our education in truth. You know, Jesus came to this earth and He walked in union with the Father. We'll talk about that in a minute. But He yielded Himself to the Father and He walked out of this paradigm right here. Completely yielded that the Father might express His character through Him. And you know what it says? An interesting verse in the Bible says, He learned obedience through the things that He experienced. Jesus learned obedience For us, learning is experiencing the work of the Spirit of God through us. Do you know that you can't be obedient apart from the Spirit of God? John 15 says, apart from Him, what can you do? Nothing. Jesus learned obedience. He learned obedience. It's not that He didn't know. He learned by experiencing. He experienced the truth of obedience by yielding Himself, yielding His soul to the expression of the will of God, giving Himself over to the will of God, and walking this earth within the window of time that He was here in absolute, complete dependence upon the will of the Father, upon Him. The soul was meant for that expression. And that was true of Christ and it's true of you. And you can't possibly get excited about living the Christian life if you believe that you've got to make it happen in the soul. The only way that the Christian life works is if Christ lives it. He's the only one that ever lived it. And this school is about you walking in it with Him. It's about you experiencing life through Christ. We think it's about us trying to mimic His life through the flesh. That's a distortion. It's a trap. And it literally takes life away from us. Because we're entering into the judgment of of trying to do things apart from God. This verse literally says, Allow your mind to be set by the Spirit of God concerning the will of God. Those new ideas and new attitudes, that that is the mind of Christ. It is yielding your soul to the filling of the Holy Spirit so that He can direct your mind, will, and emotions. It's the lifestyle of the Christian. 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever says he abides in him, capital H, that's Jesus, ought as a personal debt to walk and conduct himself in the same way in which he walked and conducted himself. That is the truth of the Christian life. To live as Jesus did. I'm not talking about WWJD. I'm talking about you walking with his life, being expressed through your soul, giving evidence and testimony to the character and the love of Christ through your very living. That's why you're here. That is why you're here. 
In the same way a father takes a son in hand and walks with him through various experiences in life and they experience it together. It matures the son and it endears the son to the father. Union is made and built in that time. Bonding. Bonding. We're already bound. He wants us to live like we're bound. The key to living out the truth for the Christian is abiding in Christ. Not causing yourself to abide. We don't struggle to abide. We just recognize our dependence on Him and yield to His free-flowing life. This is the truth of it. I am the vine, ye are the branches. The branches are connected to the vine. Branches don't just pop up here and there and exist on their own. They have to be in the vine. They can't even be called a branch unless they came off of something, right? You are on the vine. And your identity is in the vine. Apart from the vine, do you have an identity? No. And the truth of the matter is that any time that you try to usurp life from any other source as a branch, it's pretty ridiculous for you, isn't it? Because you were made to receive His life and His life alone. In this we experience and participate in all that He is as He ministers. This is how we appropriate the mind of Christ. We let that same mind be in us. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known and understood the mind, the counsels, and the purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct and give Him knowledge? Can you add anything or take anything away from the wisdom of Christ? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of His heart. Where do you hold that? In your spirit. That's where you're in union with Him. You have the mind of Christ. Your choice is this, to yield to that mind of Christ so that His purposes, His will, His desire, His feelings about the things of life, His direction for your life might flow through the mind, will, and emotions which are an instrument for expressing truth. They got distorted and corrupted at the garden, and then God remade you. He changed the flow for you. You became a new creation in Christ. You know, but here's the thing. Your history says, oh, but I've got to collect my identity out here. I've got to shape my mind, will, and emotions by the things that I do, by the things that I can create. That's why you have so many Christians. They're trying to shape the mind through what they do. If they can just get enough scripture memorized, if they could just go to enough seminars, if they could just... And you know what? I know people, and you know people that know more Bible than you could ever know, and forgotten more than you'll ever learn, and they live like they got no joy and no life. Why? Because the source is coming out of here from the, from the, from the Bible itself. It's true. But what makes the Word alive? Who explains, who teaches, who instructs, who makes the Bible alive? The living Word. The rhema of God. That is Christ in you. Here's how we read the Word of God. The Spirit of God works in us. The Spirit of God works in our mind. And He is revelation. 
We don't create revelation. He is revelation. So I pick up the Word of God and I say, Father, You reveal Your truth to me. You confirm in me all that You've shown me about Yourself through Your Word. You be my revelation. You know what? If what Christians teach, if what so many religionists teach about the Word of God was true, then the guy that doesn't have your intellect, a guy that can't read, where would he be spiritually if he can't read? Where would he be if he didn't have the intellect to comprehend all of it? Listen, the truth about Christianity is that Jesus is enough. And your relationship with Him is not dependent upon your intellect, not dependent upon your ability to receive through your mind. It's not dependent upon any of these things. It's just dependent upon you being yielded to the Spirit of God. And I've already told you who you are. So many of us think we can't yield because we think we're something different than we are. We think we're the soul without Jesus. We think we're a soul without the Spirit within us. We don't know the truth of who we are. And I'm telling you right now, if Christians could just get a real glimpse of who they are in Christ, you would see a whole different world. You would. We wouldn't be so fascinated by the corruption out there. We wouldn't be so taken aback by all the things that are going south for us. We wouldn't be so absolutely obsessed with how other people are affecting our lives or how this world is affecting our lives. We would stand in the firm conviction that Christ is our life and nothing is going to take that from us. And we could walk with joy and we could walk with conviction and we could be a living testimony of truth as Christ was. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.